Good evening. This is Laser Brody broadcasting from Ashdod in the south of Israel with Amuna News. Today's Monday evening in Israel, the 6th of November. It's the end of the first month of the war. And in the Hebrew calendar is the 22nd of Heshbon, 5784. Uh, we're discussing tonight Israel's dilemma. Israel has reached a, a really critical crossroads in the war and must now make a fateful decision. Now, before we talk about that, there's a significant question right now in the war that thinking people are asking, and few people have the answers to. Well, the media, which is especially filtered and censored during wartime here in Israel, uh, is reporting daily about military gains uh, as Israel is making in North Gaza, and the fact that Gaza City, the stronghold of Gaza, is completely surrounded. And we hear of Hamas commanders getting killed and hundreds of losses in the ranks of their terrorist troops. Yet Israel is still suffering rocket attacks every single day. And it's hard to imagine how that's happening. Uh, here in Israel, the last attack was four hours ago. Here in Ashdod, the last attack was four hours ago. And despite 30 days of endless pounding, Hamas is still able to fire long range missiles at Israel. He fired at Tel Aviv and at Rishon Sion and Rehovot also today. Well, this tells us that Hamas is far from dead. Now, there's a missing piece in the puzzle. There's a missing variable because something in the equation doesn't just add up, that Hamas has been bombed so terribly off the face of the earth, and yet there still doesn't show any signs of, of weakness. Let's go a step further and examine the current war through eyes of Amuna. That's what we're talking about on, on uh, Amuna News not just looking at facts and what's happening on the ground, but understanding what is happening, understand what Hashem is doing in his world because everything is, is, is Hashem. Hashem is moving the pieces on the board just like a, a chess player. Okay, for years, Israel's government and military established, the echelon particularly, have adopted a Torah forbidden concept that's called that the might of my right hand is giving me my, my success. We hear daily declarations from the commander-in-chief and from the minister of defense about what their our strength and our strength and our strength, and uh, we're going to destroy Hamas and the leaders. And one phrase we don't hear from the political and military echelon is with Hashem's help, Bezrat Hashem. We just don't hear that. Well, the same arrogance and spiritually blind concept has been around since 1967, rather than telling that uh, attributing the miracles of the Six-Day War to Hashem and Hashem's miracles, that uh, Dayan and the Israeli generals, they patted themselves on the back and, and gave themselves the credit for the victory. Well, that led to the smug and arrogance and unpreparedness of 1973 that almost led, heaven forbid, to the destruction of the country. When in the Yom Kippur War, we, su we suffered surprise attacks from Egypt and Syria that almost broke our country's back. Well, fast-forwarding exactly 50 years ago to this past October 7th, Shabbat Simchat Torah, the same smug uh, uh, arrogance and unpreparedness enabled Hamas to massacre our people and to come just break down the entire border and come with thousands of uh, not only Hamas fighters, but riffraff from Gaza that came in to loot and to murder and whatever damage they could do. And this was the bloody day of Shabbat Simchat Torah 5784. It was just one month ago. And the utter arrogance of our political and military echelon led to the obvious laxity 
and now dead concept that Hamas won't attack us because Hamas is deterred. Well, that was the same mistake when they thought that Egypt and Syria would not attack us six days out, six years after the Six Day War, after we so badly beat them. Oh, but they certainly did their surprise attack because Israel in its arrogance was unprepared, thought they were military superior. They were totally asleep. And our neighbors helped put us to sleep. Okay, so this was an obvious mistake. What's the root of this mistake? What's the root of this arrogance? It's a feeling of hedonism uh, uh, for pleasure and for, and for power and looking for individual self-aggrandizement and not for the good of the country. And this is just exactly what happened to the government. Rather than worry about the security needs of the country, there's the, the judicial violating for, for judicial advantages and legislative advantages for their own personal gain and not the good of the country. And the country was completely off guard. Well, the Torah tells us who our neighbors are. Our neighbors are Ishmael and Esau. And the Torah tells us they live by the sword. So the government looking at convenience and thinking that they can have European type relationships with our neighbors, they're completely wrong. And that they can't be. So that you have this concept of containment. Containment, they'll retaliate a little bit and containment and keep it quiet. And Hamas won't dare attack. And Hezbollah won't dare attack. That concept has been... It proved completely wrong, and it could be wrong, it did. Uh, Hamas is still very uh, much alive, and Hamas's leadership, not only that, Hamas's leadership is, is not in Gaza at all. It's not anywhere in Israel. Hamas's leadership is in Lebanon and Qatar, and their billionaires live in the lap of luxury, but they still pull the strings. And the so-called, but you could kill Hamas, you can't kill Hamas, because the entire so-called uninvolved civilian populace of Gaza has all been educated to hate Jews, to hate Israel, go to war. So very easily, okay, this generation of fighters, even is completely killed off, there's another generation to be raised. And now the leadership is still very much alive. So the leadership just blows a whistle and yells jihad. And look at the all the college camp, just like ISIS succeeded in bringing from all over the world, bringing their freedom fighters, the same thing. Hamas will very easily at the snap of fingers have the next generation. So we see that the Military strategy just cannot kill Hamas. And we have to understand why, because there's a next generation that's on the way. Now, the IDF and the intelligence echelon were just as guilty of arrogance and hedonism as the self-serving government. And they're all responsible for October 7th with the other lack of vigilance and leaving the, keeping the border completely uh, wide open and wide open to massacre. Well, they're all going to have to account for the criminal uh, the criminal negligence and the fact that they ignored all the signs or plenty of signs. And meanwhile, we can't argue about that because there's a war to fight and win. We have to be unified. So this is no time for eternal strife or to make a blame game because uh, we have to continue on with the war. But that's all going to have to be investigated after the war because we can't go on making the same mistakes. Our lives depend on it. So Israel and the IDF are now faced with the terrible dilemma. What's the dilemma? The prudent course of action at this point in Gaza would be to tighten the siege around Hamas's neck in Gaza City and just wait till Hamas runs out of fuel, till they run out of water, run out of food, full, run out of food, and then they come creeping out of the tunnels and exposing themselves like, uh, like hungry rats. And, but there's a problem with that. There's a problem with that strategy. Even though it's a safe strategy, 
And it's a good strategy. It takes time. It could be a matter of weeks. It could be a matter of even months. Nobody knows how well stocked they are on, under, under uh, underground. And there could even be uh, smuggling tunnels that come in from Egypt, which all, all the way there. We, we, we don't know. We don't know. But it seems amazing that they're just not running out. They're amazing that they continue to continue on strong. So with each passing day, the problem is that world opinion is turning against Israel. Not only that, our supposed friends, Mr. Biden and Mr. Blinken, they're pressuring Israel to do all types of things that are against Israel's own best interests. In other words, they want us to allow fuel shipments into Gaza. You know, anything that comes into Gaza falls into Hamas control because Hamas controls Gaza. Hamas is Gaza. Gaza is Hamas. There's no such thing as non-Hamas Gaza. Not anymore. Once there was. In 2007, there was. There was a civil war between uh, the Fatah and Hamas. Hamas won. And since then, Hamas controlled everything. And even if you want to say there's that uh, the jihad, the Islamic jihad, the Islamic jihad is also subservient to, to Hamas. Okay, so nothing, not a trip of fuel can come in there or any humanitarian supplies that won't fall into Hamas's hands ultimately and make their way down into the tunnels. Okay, so on the other hand, if Israel says, okay, we can't afford to at this time and we can't afford the loss of world opinion, so we have to go in quick and smoke Hamas out of the tunnels, that is dangerous. Because if you can imagine how tunnels, how dangerous the tunnels were in Vietnam, they're four times more dangerous in Gaza, four times more intricate. And as conventional means, our soldiers could suffer terrible losses if, if they go in and they do hand, face-to-face, hand-to-hand fighting in Gaza's tunnel, heaven forbid. So it looks like it's a no-win situation. It looks like a no-win situation. But the true picture at the time of this broadcast is that Hamas still has more than 30,000 armed and trained terrorists and more of 80% of their tunnels are still intact with all the bunker busters and all the bombing. No more than 20% of the tunnels have been, uh, according to analysts, Israel's military analysts, no more than 20% of the tunnels have been destroyed and it's still intact. And Hamas is not showing any signs of defeat and there's no talk about uh uh, about uh, surrender. We don't hear anything since uh, uh, Ori Megiddish was freed. We don't hear anything about any more prisoners, uh, the prisoners, Israeli prisoners that have been captured there. And uh, we see it says every day uh, Hamas is still firing rockets into Israel. So it doesn't sound like Hamas is on their knees. So the $64,000 question is why are we not succeeding in destroying Hamas? Well, to understand this, we have to open up the book of Ezekiel, the book of Yechesko. If we open up chapter 20 in the book of Yechesko, and we look at passages 32 and 33, we have the answer. And that's a Muna news. We see what's going on here. We have to see the prophet. Ezekiel the prophet, he chastises the leadership of Israel. And once again, King Solomon tells in Ecclesiastes, there's no nothing new under the sun. What happened back then is happening right now. And the leaders of Israel thought that they could forsake Hashem and they could do what they want and eat what they want and they did no Shabbat and no Kashrut and just to do life what they want, have this hedonistic lifestyle that goes against Torah and ignore Hashem's commandments and meld in comfortably with the nations. We could be friends with America and buddy-buddy with Canada and the UK and everybody will love us. It doesn't work like that. 
You can see when all the nations are against us, it's because of Hashem makes it that way. And that's for our own protection because the Torah says, Am levadad yishkon. When we want to be a cohesive nation, we have to live by ourselves. We can't be involved with, we can't assimilate with other nations. Israel cannot assimilate with other nations. So what does Hashem say? When the government has this idea of being like a nation, like all the other nations, let's be democratic and let's be modern and not be Torah, heaven forbid. So Sheb says, no way. You think you could do what you want? Act like the nations of the world and bow down to idols? If you won't listen to me on your own accord, I'll reign over you with a hard hand and an outpouring of fury. Well, Hashem's outpouring of fury manifests itself in such phenomenon as Hamas and Hezbollah. Military might is not the solutions and not those jets that we hear overhead right on the way to Gaza. Another flight time of 25 seconds here from Ashdod to Gaza. Okay, so Hashem is saying, if you won't listen to me on your own accord, then I'm going to put a, with a, a mighty hand on your head. So Hashem's outpouring of fury, once again, that's it, manifests itself in Hamas and Hezbollah. So the war and conflicts keep on sprouting up, no matter how we try to put out the fire and not get to the core solution. We've seen this time and time again. There was a Gaza war in 2008 and a Gaza war in 2011 and a Gaza war in 2014 and a Gaza war in 2018. And then once again, even a few weeks before the war, the jihad tested the water. They really pulled the wool over Israel's eyes. The jihad threw bombs at the south of Israel. We in Ashdod were bombed by the jihad. And Hamas didn't do anything. So Israel said, you see? So rather than destroying the jihad, they said, you see? Hamas is not anything more. Hamas is afraid of us. That was such a bluff that Hamas, it's only one of the ways that Hamas fooled the Israeli government and the intelligence establishment. Okay, so... We do need an army. Yes, that's our ishtadlis. That's our effort. And the army can kill Hamas fighters. Yeah, it could do that. But it can't uproot Hamas. The army is incapable of uprooting Hamas. Why? Because Hamas is not a material creation. It's something that Hashem created. What Hashem created? Hashem took our sins and our sins brought all this negative spiritual force in the world, this negative spiritual force manifests itself in Hamas, this right out of the Torah, this right of the Torah. And of course, if you open up Pirkei Avot to the fourth chapter, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says, if someone does a mitzvah, he creates a guardian angel. And if someone does a transgression, he creates an accusing angel. So all these accusing angels, there's a negative accusing angels, that one after the other from all of Israel's transgressions, these are the fighters of Hamas. Okay, the terrorists of Hamas. So the only thing that can uproot them is, okay, we need arms to protect ourselves, but the only thing that can uproot them and cease their existence, that's tshuva, our repentance. Tshuva is not penitence. Tshuva is returning, our returning to Hashem. We return to Hashem. We forsake the assimilation. We forsake our imitation, our silly imitation of the nations, and we come back to Hashem and to his Torah's lifestyle, especially here in the Israel. We're here, this is the, this is the king's palace. And you can't act in the king's palace like you might do outside the king's palace. Maybe somebody could get away doing something in Belgium or in New Zealand or in the USA. You can't get away with it in Israel. So the only way to uproot Hamas is by way of tshuva. So if anyone, anyone, whether in Israel or outside of Israel, wants to help the war effort, you don't have to pick up a rifle. You don't have to pick up a weapon. You just strengthen yourselves in tshuva, strengthen your families in tshuva. 
in Amuna and in Torah observance. And tshuva is really the order of the day. And this is what Hashem wants from us. This is what Hashem wants from us. Most people don't want to hear it because of their lifestyle. They want to do what they want. On, uh, they want to go to the beach on Shabbat or go to the to the movies on Friday night. Uh, you can't do that. You can't do that if you're Jewish. If you're Jewish, Hashem wants us to keep Torah because that is the truth. That's the truth of our neshamas. And this is, a, like it or not, that's that's the reality. That's the reality of being a Jew, and especially a Jew in Israel. Hashem is showing us that there is no longer anywhere to escape to. And that Jonah the prophet, he learned that the hard way. So some people think they can escape from Hashem and land of Israel by going to Miami. But now we see the anti-Semitism in Miami. Jews in South of Miami are being threatened. And it's so bad that three days ago, Government DeSanto, the government of uh, the governor of my of Florida, had to make a, a declaration against anti-Semitism. We're seeing it's really terrible. And on the campuses, uh, Jewish kids are afraid to go to college campuses because they're being threatened. So when you think about it today, it's safer for a Jew to be in Ashdod or Ashkelon than it is to be in the University of Miami or, or in University of Penn or in Columbia or one of these places. Well, it's time that we all come home to Hashem. And what do we do? We start by learning the 13 principles of Amuna, learn what a Jew believes in, and strongly suggest that everybody take upon themselves the mitzvah of saying Shema, declaring their Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Echad, Shema Yisrael, twice a day. Every time a person says Shema Yisrael, destroys two of Hashem's enemies. And twice a day, that's a way to protect an Israeli soldier. Because really, every single Israeli soldier deserves that one of us are learning Torah, praying for him all day long, 24, 24-7, around the clock. So Amuna is above nature. And we strengthen ourselves in Amuna, measure for measure. Hashem will define nature and will rid us of our enemies and will bring us in, will bring us Mashiach and rebuild Holy Temple right here in the land of Israel speedily in our days. Amen. God bless. Let's hear good news from one another.